0: Welcome to the CX Fanatics Podcast, the show that helps DTC businesses increase revenue, referrals, and retention through exceptional customer experience. Tune in weekly for interviews, insights, and inspiration that will catapult not only your profits, but your growth. I'm your host, Alisa Connor. Let's get into the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's show. Uh, This is a continuation of episode 174 or the last key point of 174. If you missed that, that was last week's episode. And so I will link to that below in the comments and in the show notes um, where we talked about three ways to consistently increase your wine club subscriptions or subscriptions of any kind of business. So if you missed that one, you're going to want to tune to that because this is expanding on key point number three, which was personalization of um your marketing and sales material to customize the relationship and experience that you have with your customers and potential clients so if you miss that one you might want to go back and listen to that one and then come back and uh, listen to this one or vice versa (laughs) but this one will expand on that so if you're new to the show i'm lisa connor and i own a company called dtc growth club where i specifically work with businesses to optimize and create subscription models to increase their revenue and give them their time back so thanks so much for tuning in today and we are going to jump right into it so one of the best ways to start, um, customizing and personalizing an experience is through email marketing. Now, wait, before you go too crazy and go, I have too many emails already. I don't want to do, I don't want to send more emails because I don't like getting emails. Um, the, let me just share a fact with you on email marketing and the return on investment for email marketing. So Currently email marketing has the highest return of investment than any other marketing tactic out there. And there's a couple of reasons that I promote email marketing to businesses that I work with. And that is because it is one of the few, if not only places that you actually have ownership of your audience and of the people that are on that list. Now, does that mean that people don't abuse their email lists? Absolutely not. People constantly. Um, Does that not mean that people buy email lists that should not be sold? Absolutely, constantly. Um, But when email marketing is done well and done right, and you're trying to create a personalized experience, it can not only significantly increase your sales and revenue, but it can also significantly increase the amount of referrals and um, retention that you have with your clients because you're taking the time to build a relationship with them over time, not sending them constant sales emails, just read that between the lines. Um, And so of course email and personalizing email interactions and the uh, capabilities to do this are so high at this point and yet people are so often not taking advantage of them. And so um, I have always been a huge proponent of email marketing and the potential that it has for businesses. So if you're struggling with retention, this is where I'm going to tell you to spend some time. If you're struggling with leads or getting people, um, enrolled or uh, engaged with your subscription or your wine club membership, this is where you need to start. Um, because chances are a couple of things that I have experienced in the industry, specifically the wine industry. Um, and I'm not even going to specifically the wine industry, but I'm going to say most subscription models, um, struggle with this as well. It's typically, this is what happens. You will go and purchase a product and then they will either pitch you the subscription model right along with the product. And I'm telling you right now that if nobody's bought your project product and they haven't tried it, they're not going to sign up for a subscription (laughs) They're just not. Um, and if they, they do, that's like the needle in a haystack, like the majority of people are not going to do that because they don't know if they can trust you. They don't know if they like the product. And so the companies that do that are putting themselves at a disadvantage because they are already negating any kind of trust that you might be building with their brand because they're just making the assumption that you want to subscribe and you can't assume that now a better way to do that would be to follow up with the people that purchase from you and see how they're doing, how the product is lasting. And if you do have a product that is consumable, then use a reasonable gauge for how long it will take someone to get through that first initial product. A week, two weeks, three weeks, I don't know. It depends on the product. Um, and then follow up with them. Don't send them the product. Know it's delivered and one day later say, hey, you want to renew? Because no, they don't. They may—they probably haven't even gotten out of their mail docs yet. And so when we're creating those emails, we are doing this like, um, I always say, everybody wants the easy button. Everybody wants to push the easy button. And I kind of crack up because my mom has a friend, Um <laughs> She gets so mad uh, when her friend says this, but she's like, I just want my life to be easy. And I was like, she's like, life isn't easy. I'm like, well, I guess it is for her because she's decided it is. But that is the epitome of what people want their business and work life to be. They want the easy button. Well, there is no easy button when it comes to relationship building. It takes time. It takes attention it takes thoughtfulness it takes curiosity um and it takes you putting in the extra mile to actually build relationships with customers now the payoff for that is substantial because you're not only going to have them purchase more throughout the lifetime of their uh, alignment with you and your product but they're more than likely going to be so overwhelmed that somebody's paying attention to them when most brands don't or they don't do it right That they're going to tell the world about it. And so, what does that do for your marketing? Well, that means you have less money you have to dole out for leads, less money you have to pay your sales team to go close things, because you've got a whole pipeline of people that are coming from the people that you have invested in to begin with. And then, when you invest in their friends and family the same way that you invested in them, it just amplifies. And so, this is one of the simplest and easiest ways for you to start to engage and customize someone's journey with you and people just don't do it. I don't want to th- I you know I don't like to throw people under the bus but sometimes you just gotta um there are experts in customer experience who don't do this well. Um and to me that is such a misnomer of like if you're an expert don't you think you should be doing this well? And an example is this past summer I signed up for a kind of state of the industry Event and it was like multiple webinars from different experts in customer experience. And the content was, for the most part, uh, mediocre. Uh, There was one presentation that was really, really good. The rest were kind of meh. But the kicker was, is like, I didn't get one reminder. I didn't get one email. I didn't say, hey, remember to put this on your calendar. Hey, we're going to meet, like, there was no follow up. And to me, I was like, if you're wanting me to become a customer, and get your certification on customer experience, don't you think you should have this shiitake figured out? And they don't. And so if you want one way to differentiate yourself in the marketplace and to start to build and customize relationships and personalize the way that your brand interacts, it's gonna be email. And I would say it trumps text marketing because texts are, the way that I look at text marketing is it's quick, fast, easy. And it's not as um, in depth as you can get with an email. Like if you send a text, especially, especially to Gen Z, that's longer than like four words. They're just going to delete it and not read it. I'm telling you right now, I have three Gen Z kids and they're like, yeah, way too long. Don't have time for this. But if you send an email, it's much more likely that they're going to actually read through that, get the information and especially in a business setting or a, a professional setting. And so here are some ways that you can personalize those email interactions number one you can obviously you can personalize the subject line i don't know if you know that but you can add a name field into the subject line i wouldn't overuse this but it is a nice touch and a lot of people aren't doing that and then always 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 you want to somehow personalize the introduction of that email don't have it be to ma'am or sir or you know what i mean like put their name in there it's not that hard and if you haven't figured that out like we need to get on a call <laughs> because this is simple stuff and then like the other piece of that is like not only customizing within the message with you know specific examples that relate to them or to their purchase or to your interactions with them and there's way to tr- there's ways to track this i'm not going to go into the details of like figuring out every little thing um that you can track about a customer or about an experience that someone has with you even before they're a customer but there are ways to do that but tracking that information empowers you to then go back and send them specific content based on their self-qualifying interests and the things that they have shared with you about what they're interested in and so let's put this into a specific example if you sell flowers and you send out a valentine's day um, email all about the benefits of pink roses and why they're superior to red roses for Valentine's Day and the meaning behind them and how many people buy pink roses and why they're the new it flower for Valentine's Day versus red roses. And, um, you have in there, like, if you want to learn more about pink roses that are grown in your neck of the woods, click this link. And we have this article. Well, number one they have told you two things if they click that link one they've read your email two actually three things two they like pink roses because they want to go learn more about them and three they want to know about pink roses in their area so you've gathered three pieces of information (laughs) chances are if you're like most businesses you've done nothing with those three pieces of information whereas those could be a plethora of one not only additional content that you could be creating for social media creating emails around creating offers around but two it's a way for you to personalize the way you talk to that person because if sally over here is like i don't even like pink roses and didn't click on one thing in there or you had an an email that says hey settle the uh settle the debate are you a team pink team red and she chose team red then you know you better not send her one more damn email about pink roses because she likes red ones and she was probably irritated that you just went on this whole tirade about pink roses to begin with so do you see what i'm saying about email being powerful and those interactions tell you so much about your customers about potential customers and yet most of the information is either one never gathered or two ignored and what if you have not only power to collect that information imagine what you could do with it if you just took the time to think through the entire picture of what this one email could mean and where you could send people on their journey next to create a personalized experience. Because now that, you know, Sally likes red roses, your next question can be, okay, well, do you like red roses or yellow roses? And if she's like, "Mm, yeah, actually I like yellow, then, you know, next day on the red, talk about the yellow next time you have a yellow rose promotion, say for Easter, then you're gonna wanna make sure Sally's eyeballs are on that yellow rose promotion and all the reasons she wants to buy yellow roses and how she can use them on her table and blah, 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 blah. You get the idea. That's what I mean about specificity. And 90% of subscription models are never going there. They never even go beyond, hey, we saw you bought this, wanna sign up for a subscription? No, because the last thing anybody wants is another flipping subscription. There are apps now, I can't think of what it's called now, I hear it advertised all the time, but it's like this, it's an app to get rid of all the subscriptions that you pay for that. You don't use. Hello, <laughs> like, hello McFly. Do you not see the writing on the wall here? Like people don't want another subscription, but they want to be engaged with brands that want to engage with them and care enough to personalize and customize their content and their relationship with that person. People want relationships with people. Yet most businesses will not take the time to create those relationships. So that is what this whole episode is. Obviously, I'm on a soapbox about it because I'm very passionate about it. So when you're looking at your email, those are specific ways that you can personalize it. One, you can do the subject line. Everybody does it. Most people do that. But if you're not, do it at least once in a while, put their name in there. Um, and do not send an email that's like, Hey, Sally, buy this next bottle of soap. Like get creative people, come on, get outside the box. You don't have to be selling all the time. You can create value. Um, and then, you know, when you get really specific in there, you can get really specific about the kind of content you're sending to people and send them on a journey that is meant for them and not just anyone so number two the second way that you can personalize experiences is through social media how many times do you see a social media post i see this all the time where especially on instagram i see this all the time where people will say click the link or they'll put a link in their description or they'll say click the link in their bio to send them to whatever and then you have to go and hunt for the link and it like that's not a personalized experience and most people are not going to take the time to do that especially if you go and i see this a lot um with businesses where they'll have like 25 links listed in their bio and it's like i don't number one i don't want to even read through all these damn links and two this isn't getting me to where i want to go or another one um this is so annoying and it happens all the time um if you Go to Instagram and you're watching a reel and it's a, like it's a recipe reel. Who has gotten sucked into those recipe reels? Please raise your hand. Tell me I'm not alone. And you go and you're like, oh, that totally looks awesome. And um I kind of want to make that like for dinner tonight, but do I have all the ingredients? So you go click on it and it sends you, first of all, it sends you back to their page. And then you have to click the link in their bio and then you click it and it's like this big link thing. Well, then you have to search through so many pictures to try and find, even, even remember what it was you were going to make, because by now you had four other things you've had to do. The finally you're just like, forget it. I'm not making it for dinner. We're getting takeout because it's ridiculous. It's like, instead, why not figure out a different way to communicate and start building a conversation with those people. And one of the best ways to do that is to have a direct message. Hey, you want the recipe? Send me a direct message and I'll make sure I get you the link. And you can automate a lot of these things. You can also get really specific about um, creating conversation around specific products instead of just like, hey, we sell shampoo. Great. That's nice. Everyone uses shampoo, but what makes your shampoo different? Well, we, we sell shampoo for people with curly hair and we make sure that their hair isn't all dried out and it looks great all the time. And we don't have plastic bottles. And so we're very earth friendly and, you know, on and on and on. Tell us about your favorite reasons, you know, for buying shampoo and you're, you know, putting out information that is really specific to a specific person where they can talk back. Like, what do you not like about your shampoo now when you have curly hair? Well, it makes my, either my curls flat or it makes them, you know, so they're all dried out. And I don't like either of those things. And I don't want to wash my hair every day. And like, you know, all of the things that are interactive. And so when you're asking those questions, instead of like, here's our brand new blue shampoo, no one cares. No one cares about your blue shampoo. They want to know how it impacts their life. And so if you're going to put out social media and want people to engage with it, give them a reason to engage and it goes with any product out there. It could be a wine club. It could be, um, you know, a streaming advertising. Um, it could be, or a streaming, um, application. It could be food boxes. It could be anything. And so the takeaways (laughs) for social media on this, if you're going to try and personalize an experience is one, make it easy for the consumer and two, to get what they want and two, involve them in the conversation. Don't just talk at them and talk with them. And a lot of ways, um, that you can answer or get the information out there is to create a chatbot. And so if you don't have a chatbot or you're not utilizing your chatbot to its full extent, a lot of the software used in the wine industry for e-commerce and wine club delivery and, um, order processing and compliance and those sorts of things. They have chatbots that are built in. Now, whether or not you can utilize those on social media, I don't know, but chances are that if you can't, you can find an integration to make them talk to each other and utilize that to all go into your CRM. So that, you know, when you're wanting to communicate with your audience, All of that information should live in one central hub. There are two different kinds of email service providers when you're looking at CRMs. One is subscriber-based, where it's actually individualized by a subscriber, and the other is list-based. I am not a fan of list-based email service providers for one reason alone. Um, It provides a horrible customer experience. Because if you have Mary Jo over here and she signed up for this email list of, I wanna know about pink roses. And then she signed up for this email list over here. I wanna know about yellow roses. The system doesn't say, Mary Jo likes pink and yellow roses. She puts, he it puts Mary Jo on two separate lists. So whenever you're emailing, she's gonna get two separate sets of emails. One about all the pink roses and one about all the yellow roses, and that's a lot of emails for one person. Whereas, if you have a subscriber based like Convert Kit, for example, Mary Jo is your person, and then you can tag Mary Jo and say, Well, Mary Jo likes pink and she likes yellow. And so, then Mary Jo, if you're running a promotion on pink roses, she'll get an email about pink roses. If she's getting, if you're running a promotion about different color of roses that's not a tag for her she's not going to get those emails because she hasn't displayed interest in those emails in those roses whereas if you're only running a promotion on yellow roses she's not going to get the yellow and the pink she's only going to get one set of emails and so this is a lot of information but do not mean to go down this rabbit hole but it a subscriber based system ensures that your subscribers are getting the personalized and customized information that they have told you that they're interested in versus getting it twice or not getting it at all. Or um, even worse, because Mary Jo's on these two separate lists, you're now paying MailChimp or whoever twice because she's showing up as a separate subscriber on each list. And that can end up costing you lots and lots of money depending on how big your email list is. So lots of reasons to not go with a system that is list-based versus sub- subscriber-based, unless you really know what you're doing and you can move those people automatically into one central hub. And most people don't, it, it's, uh, th- that doesn't happen. So, but all of that to say that there are ways to connect um, a chat bot through social media to your CRM and possibly using your software system that you already have so i'm not familiar with every type of software out there there are many that i am familiar with um but more often than not you can get them to talk to your crm simultaneously and then if you have the right person on your team they can then filter out um you know so that you have you're getting the information to the people that want that information Um, and you have a very clean back-end um, CRM yet you're collecting as much information as possible to create a personalized experience so let's look at an example of what a social media interaction with a chatbot would look like if we go back to our example of the recipe and say it's for we just Last night we just made this this recipe called egg roll in a bowl which was awesome. It's like an egg roll without all of the all the wrapper. So very clean. Of course I I changed it up because I have no ability to make a recipe without changing it. It's it's I don't know a curse or a blessing, I don't know which, but so it was a very clean recipe, very low on carbs, but long story short is if I went and found this recipe and it was on Instagram and they did a reel what they could put is like um send us a message or leave a comment or whatever that says egg roll in a bowl and we'll send you the recipe and so what that would do is open up a chat bot that automatically um, is triggered by egg roll in a bowl comment or anything like it and then it would put them through an automation where you would send them the recipe and then it gives you the opportunity to continue to have a conversation with them in their messages through the chat bot when you have similar recipes or if you want to tell them about you know your affiliate link with the chopstick company or that's running a promotion or whatever it might be i don't know um i'm just flying by the seat of my pants on this example but get the idea and then you also have the opportunity over there to offer them the option to be part of your mailing list or to join you on an upcoming cooking class or i don't know whatever it is that you have coming up that you've strategized for the next piece of your business and so that is just one example of how you can not only use a direct message where you're having a conversation and you're doing it one-on-one or using a chat bot to deliver that recipe. So they're not having to go search through multiple links and click on a bunch of things and try to find the picture. And then they just finally give up. Instead, they're like, oh, sweet. I have this recipe, I can print it out or I can just look at it on my phone and it goes directly there and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, it works both ways and you can start to have that conversation. And then the next time you have a similar recipe, maybe reach out and go, hey, you might've missed this one, but now we have um gluten-free lo mein (laughs) today's recipe chicken lo mein gluten-free thought you might want to check it out Want the recipe yes here blah 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 but it's a way for you to personalize those interactions because now you know that they're interested in that kind of recipe you can send them a different kind of recipe so um that would be an example of how to personalize your your social media interactions and then the third way that you can start to personalize experiences is by personalizing rewards or offers that you um give to people that are um, customers or subscribers to your email list so the third way would be to personalize different rewards or discounts or offers to people that are either already in your um sales funnel or that are already pro um customers that are purchasing by giving them you know for example loyalty discounts so if they've ordered once and i i used an example of this um in my last episode where i was talking about a different winery and i don't have the name off the top of my head but um i'll have a couple of other examples at the end of this episode too that we'll get into in a minute but basically it was like oh if you sign up for our wine club well you can expect that you're going to get a 50 dollars discount on your next order too and so it's a loyalty discount so like not only are you going to order but if you continue to order we're going to reward you for ordering again. And so there are different ways that this is done. Um one that comes to mind is that um in the in the stamping world, I know I talk a lot about the crafting world, but it's just uh they do such a great job in some companies do a really great job with this. But the one that comes to mind is I know you've heard me talk about Gina K before, but she has a discount or it's not even a discount. She has a reward that she offers people when they spend fifty dollars no seventy five dollars so at fifty dollars the reward is you get free shipping and when you um are purchasing in that industry free shipping is not the norm in shipping and i understand it from the company perspective because shipping can be really expensive especially if you're sending out all these different orders even if it's not super heavy you're looking at like $7 $7 per customer um, nationally, and then it's even more internationally. And so that's the reason most companies don't offer free shipping, but she does. She's like, if you spend $50, you have shown that you um, are a friend of Gina K, lack of a better term. And so we want to reward you with free shipping. Well, then if you spend another $25, you not only get free shipping, but you also get. An exclusive stamp set for free, and usually those stamp sets will come out like the next month or two months later, and you can purchase them. But they're like I don't know a ten or twelve dollar value, so she's basically giving you a ten or twelve dollar product for free, and so that's a way to boost um, sales by personalizing, you know, the reward based on their behavior giving them a discount because they're already purchasing and most companies don't do that and so that's why i wanted to use it as a unique example as something you could mimic in your business and what does that look like in your business um and a lot of times if you're looking for inspiration a great way to do it is to look at the bigger companies one that comes to mind is um bath and body works they always I usually don't order. I like a couple of their candles, but I usually don't order a lot from them. Um, for just, most of their stuff is too stinky (laughs) for my household. It's like, we can't, it's too strong. Um, nothing gets them if you love them, but most of their scents are just too strong for me. But, um, you know, they do a really great job of creating additional um sales generating additional sales and also delivering loyalty um discounts and you know promotional offers as well as Kohl's Kohl's is another one I'm sure you've heard of Kohl's cash well that's a loyalty discount it's you know you've purchased here's your Kohl's cash I just um just ordered some stuff for Christmas gifts today from my mom and my aunt. And sure enough, got an email afterwards. Here's your $20 worth of Kohl's cash. Well, what does that get you to do? Get you to go back when the Kohl's cash is valid and purchase more stuff. And so that is a really brief example of a loyalty discount and how, you know, how can you mimic that in your own business? So you're driving people back and you're personalizing, um, their experience with, with your company um and then you know using kohl's as that same example and i actually have other examples but this just kind of came into my head when i was talking is that you know you can give them access to special releases so one of the ways that kohl's does this is i don't know if you've noticed this or not but kohl's actually will offer um two different types of discounts one is for people that use their credit card and one is for people that use a different payment type And so they are giving people an additional discount to use their credit card. And a lot of companies do this, but you could create a special um, access to say a special release product. So for example, if you're a winery and you have a special vintage that you're releasing, um, you can personalize that, say it's a special white blend or white release, white wine release. And you want to offer that only to people that have purchased white wine in the past or people that are um, wine club members. And so you create a special release only for those people. And then if it goes well, then you can expand it out to the rest of you know, your audience or the public or however you want to promote that but then you also can have feedback from your audience who already has access to that special release and say, and gather, you know, testimonials about their, their experience of that wine. Did you like it? What did you like about it? And then that helps you promote it outside, um, or determine whether or not it's going to become a new product in your offer, in your offering. And then that leads to, um, the last point I kind of flowed right into that, which is, giving people early access to new products or services. And a lot of times you can test with a special release and then um, you can just provide it to another group of people as a, as a bonus for their loyalty. And so what would that look like? If we're talking about, let's go back to the wine example. If you have this special vintage or um, special release of white wine, you only offer it to your wine club as a special release. And then once you have feedback from that, then you only offer it as a new product to other people that have purchased wine that are not in your wine club. And then if it goes over from there, then you know it's a, a good choice and then you can offer it publicly as a new product. And so that's a way that that would play out in the marketplace. So let's go. I have a few examples to walk through of people that are doing this well. And um, specifically with loyalty and personalization um, that is helping them not only get new subscribers, but also helping them to keep subscribers that are already there. Um, so the first, this is such a fine little, uh, it's such a fun little brand. And I ran across it when I was doing some research, research, but it's called Frog's Leap and their wine club membership is called the fellowship of the frog, which is, uh, it took me a couple minutes to figure it out, but it was actually very clever how they did it. Well, their wine club membership is one of the ones that was really unique in that it offers, um, quite a few benefits to people that are in the membership but also a lot of raving fans about their membership um and the the comments that people leave and the testimonies that they left really kind of um explain why it works so well and they're really complimentary and then the other piece is, is that they have really good about spelling out exactly what you get with a wine club membership the delivery of the benefits could have been a little bit better. You had to click on these pictures to actually get the benefits. Um, so I would have like, if I were designing that website, I probably would have changed it around a little bit and said, great, you can have the benefits here, but you also need to have them spelled out somewhere. Um, because if you didn't click on the dots, you wouldn't know what the benefits were, but they did a really great job of spelling them out. It just the delivery of the, um, exact things that you get with a wine club membership were not clear if you didn't go seek them out so um but their wine club membership does some of the things that we've talked about it gives first access to wine club members to wines so if they have special releases or they have um, a new vint vintage that's out their wine club members get first tips which they should, because they're the ones that are in the system as like, hey, we're your raving fans, and we love your wine, and we've signed up for this membership, so we trust in you, and we trust that you're going to take care of us. They also get um, wine discounts and preferred shipping, which is really nice. It's kind of going back to what Gina Kay does. like She, she provides um, better shipping or free shipping to people um, for, that are part of her loyalty program. Uh, they get member-only events, and they also get a little bonus in their shipments that they just kind of refer to it as a surprise. And then they also give them a couple of in-person wine experiences throughout the year. So if they want to come to the winery and have a tour and visit and all those things, and they get complimentary um, access for I think it's twice a year is what it said. So there are a lot of benefits to. Um, becoming part of their wine membership and they've done a really great job of spilling those out so that's again going back to the previous episode if you missed that go dive into that was number 174. so this was another favorite of mine and um it was kind of funny because in my household this was like a big this is like a big end of year thing that i didn't even know it was going to turn into but spotify does a great job with their wrapped campaign and if you haven't done spotify wrapped um go check it out because it's probably there waiting for you and you didn't even ask for it. But this is a great way. Um, I would assume that they do it for everyone, but maybe it's, only- I have premium, so I'm not sure. Um, but either way they have created the ultimate personalized experience. Not only do they include like include the number of hours that you've spent and they calculate it to the number of days, but they tell you like your most listened to songs and the most listened to genres and how many genres you listen to and all of those things. But then they also have personalized messages from the artists that you listen to the most. And so they've really thought through this whole experience and it's really, uh, quite interesting and elaborate, and they've done a really good job. So go, if you haven't checked out Spotify Rap, I would, um, Totally go check it out. See if you have it this year. If you don't listen to Spotify, you're probably not going to have much wrapped, but um, ask your friends who listen to Spotify and they'll show you theirs. But a really great personalized experience. So last but not least is HelloFresh. And they do a meal delivery program. If you're not familiar with them, they have um, the option for you to go in and choose how many meals you want for the week, month, whatever, you know, you decide. They take into consideration dietary restrictions, allergies, um, the number of people that you're feeding, so you can choose the right subscription plan. And then once you choose that, they not only um, deliver the different meals, but then they follow that up with customized emails that can talk about different ways that you could use those ingredients to um, create different recipes. And they they send you recipes to go with the the meals that you that you order and all of those sorts of things. Um and they personalize it based on like how what your plan looks like and like you know how many people you're feeding as well as you know the food interests that you've chosen. So they do a really good job of personalizing their experience with their customers too, which is probably why they have a much higher reputation than some of the other um food delivery programs out there hellofresh has a very good reputation before we wrap up this episode let's just do a recap real quick on what we covered so the things that we talked about to personalize um experiences for our current customers and also future customers are to personalize and in email interactions to figure out ways to personalize and automate our social media interactions so that we're delivering customized content and information to our audience. And then last but not least is to personalize our rewards and loyalty programs. So if you've enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to share it with a friend and hopefully they would get some benefits. Leave a comment below if there's something that stood out to you and that you're going to implement right away And more importantly, I would love to know what you're going to take action on first. Are you going to dive into personalizing and customizing your email interactions? Are you gonna work a little harder on social media to customize and personalize those and maybe set up a chat bot? Or are you gonna figure out a way to personalize your rewards and loyalty program? So leave a comment below and let me know. Now, I wanted to tell you what is coming up in an upcoming, I, I have upcoming episodes. Um, so one I referred to in a previous in my previous episode, and that was three ways to attract generation Z buyers. This is the next generation of buyers. If you aren't paying attention to them, I highly recommend you tune into this episode so that you know um why they buy differently and what you can do to plan and strategize around that new buying demographic. And if you haven't plugged into it yet, good idea to plug into it because they're coming and they're already here um and then the next episode after that is one that sort of goes along with this one and that is how to decrease um subscription churn and increase profit in the meantime i am wishing you all a very happy holiday season it is uh wrapping up towards the end of december here and i will be back next week with another episode in the meantime take care be well and stay safe did you miss something in the show today? Didn't have time to take notes? Listening on the go? No worry, I've taken notes for you. You can head on over to DTCGrowthClub.com forward slash podcast, and there will be links and a description to today's episode. In the meantime, take care, stay well, and I'll see you soon.